This standing chat is hosted by Humbleworks, the designers and manufacturers of quality, ergonomically designed standing desks and related products. We'll be speaking to Dr. Levine, the authority on the benefits of standing versus sitting. He has received more than 50 awards in the field of science, started more than two dozen companies, and is the author of Get Up, a book which opened the eyes of millions of people to our modern sedentary lifestyle and the health issues behind sitting down for extended periods of time. Hello, Dr. Levine. Hi, India. Hello. So today we're going to be talking about health, well-being, standing versus sitting, how they all come into play. And I've got an interesting, I don't know, I've been pondering something recently. Ponder away. Ponder away, okay. So I have a theory that in order to feel true happiness, you need to be very present in the moment. And I know that one of the reasons we find ourselves sitting more is because modern conveniences promote this. You know, we just want to flick a switch to turn our heating on instead of you know fiddling with a fire and then we just want to sit down in a really comfy chair instead of actively washing our clothes but actually the things that make us more active and present you know getting a fire going is what creates could create more happiness in my opinion so are these modern conveniences making us less present which are in turn making us less happy what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> no, I, I, India, I think, I mean, there's something quite profound about this. Let's just take a step back. If you argue, as we have done, that excess prolonged sitting behind the computer screen at work, behind the TV at home, becoming screen-based in our outlook is something that is associated with ill health, low mood, depression, poor creativity. If we argue all of that, you could equally argue that you're actually distancing yourself from everything that's life, everything that's living. The computer screen isn't alive. The people I'm interacting with on video conferences, the screen isn't living. Behind the screen, somewhere, there is a human being, but that person is distanced. And as you talk about the idea of washing my clothes by hand, I find terrifying. <laughs> but what I find incredible is that I don't remember that long ago, even when I used the machine for my clothes, that I took a big sort of I know, tub of washing up liquid and poured it into the machine, closed it and switched the button on, lazy as that might sound. Now, I don't even need to do that. I put a pod in. So I don't even need to measure. You know, it's got to that point. At least, at least when I was at medical school, if I wanted a pizza, I actually had to go into the living room, pick up the phone and dial. Now I literally lean back at the TV, tap, tap, tap on the app and like, you know, 18 minutes later, it arrives. The point being that if you take that initial position where, you know, we used to wash our own clothes, we used to wash our dishes, remember that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, most of us still, you know, many of us still do. 
we used to have to walk to work. We used to have to be active in our leisure time. And again, are these ideas even imaginable? A couple of examples. One of the areas we did a lot of work in is trying to understand how sedentary we've become was to go to agricultural communities in Jamaica. Now, we learned a lot because there, people in the villages do walk to work. Listen to this. Kids walk an hour and a half each way to school every single day. That's three hours of walking. For entertainment in the evenings, and actually the, the area we were working in was largely um, a banana plantation, which has been savaged by the hurricanes and so on and so forth, but it was a very active agricultural environment. And there, people were working all day with their hands. Of course, they walked to work from the villages. And in the evening, people were dancing. But yes, they were relaxing, drinking beers on, on uh, stools and so on. So the sitting, of course, was involved. But it was a, people were entirely connected emotionally and physically with every aspect of their life, whether that was walking walking to get education, walking to get pay for work, dancing in the evening, going to a friend's hut house to have beer in the evening, whatever it may be, it was all direct, connected, touch, intimate. And exactly as you say, how disassociated are we from all of that? Oh, no, carry on. No, no, no. No, and no, no, I was just going to say, and so everything, as you start to imagine these different worlds, you can think to yourself, everything you say sounds in theory true, and yes, we see. But when you really think about how people live in a, in a true em environment connected to nature, connected to this world, this beautiful world we live in, and how disconnected we become, just as you described, the path to happiness cannot be through spending more time on our cell phones, more time behind the computer screen, more time disconnected from human beings, disconnected from nature. That cannot be true. Therefore, there has to be a fundamental truth in what you're saying. That if we're ultimately going to find that happiness every single person on earth is looking for, we're going to have to, your words, think differently. Mm. Ah, you know, when you look at the world that we live in and all these modern conveniences, they're all there, ultimately, to get us sitting down for longer. Even to the fact that chairs are made more comfortable in order to sit down for longer. And so it almost feels like this, the goal in life is happiness is just sitting down for longer. You know, we work all day so that we can come home to relax and sit down, which actually what you're saying when you're talking about these um, communities in Africa that you've been working with, that, that, that isn't their life goal. There is to be, you know, spending time with friends, walking to work, then coming back and having dancing. So why is it then do you think that we've created this seating goal in life for the end of our day, to end our day, sat down in front of the television, and making that look like it's happiness when actually reality is it's not. Well, India, I've got a, I've got a, I've got, I've got a dark thought for you okay. today in this beautiful sunshine. Yeah. You can live your life 
think about it. At school, what is it the teacher says, sit down? In college, it's now online learning behind the, you know, everything's computer-based or things are moving in, the, in that direction. Work is entirely computer-based. We come home, we're at the chair, we're on the apps to get our food. Birth to death. The final seat is the coffin. And it's a dark vision that we've actually, and, 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 and you might be thinking, hang on a sec, hang on a sec, I'm listening to this to understand calorie burning, health, being active. It can't really be this important, but it is. Because exactly as you said, when you start to take it apart, what we are talking about, being at work all day on our chair, coming home at in the evening and collapsing into our, into, our, into our comfy sofas in order to watch the TV, hit the app to get our dinners, that's actually our life. We're going to work to pay for the convenience products that keep us sitting down at the end of the day. To, ulti <laughs> to ultimately sit ourselves all the way into the finality of, of, of the coffin. And the truth, because it is as simple as you said, is it is that big. Now what's, if I may, just add a final twist to this. You ask me how it can be that human beings that are so dynamic, active, vibrant in their innate sense, have become so sedentary, so chair-based, so seduced by the chair. Now, what's really interesting in this space is that there is a fascinating science that underpins a lot of this. And it's important. Now, the idea is that as the neurological system fires, as our brains fire out to our arms, our limbs, our senses, those sensations build the brain's capacity. So if you get up and start moving and you keep doing those activities every 21 days, whether that's walk and talk meetings, whether that's going to art galleries, whether that's going for fun walks, whether that's actually shopping in a shop. Those activities aren't just buzzing your brain, but your brain is habituated to be more active in these spaces. Okay, cool, we buy this. More importantly, your brain adapts its physical structure. The actual interchanges between the nerves are physically changing as you keep doing this. It's the process of neuroplasticity. The brain is not just a wiring circuit like something in our houses. The brain is a dynamic living entity that is responding to what we actually do. So if you are now taking a walk with your meal, you, why don't we go dancing? Why don't we try it? I haven't been to an art gallery for 15 years. I'm going to give that a go. Why don't we go out for a walk? You know, we're always arguing. We can argue just as easily going for a walk. I'm fed up with online shopping. It's costing me a fortune. Well, go to a shop. Let's try it. All of those things, your brain is buzzing and firing, but actually it's accommodating and changing. It's neuroplasticity. It is actually adapting. You are becoming not just a more active body, you're becoming a more active mind. And I don't just mean that in terms of concepts and thoughts. I mean that in terms of the physical structure of your brain. Your brain has changed. You have converted from being that sedentary person whose brain has become a sedentary, stultified object 
to becoming a moving, dynamic, exciting, vibrant human being. And your brain is adapting physically at the neurological level to support this. So if you can do it, you can get up, you can move, you can bring this into your life, you will fundamentally change. And that is exactly what happens for those of us who actually do get out of our chairs. Yeah, it makes sense. And now, I know of this word endorphins. It gets thrown around a lot. Is, are you talking about endorphins that come in here, the happy hormone when we're moving, when we're exercising, or is this a separate thing? When, you, when people start talking, one of my jobs as we're talking is to bring you hardcore, clean science. There are a flood of different neuroreceptors, neurohormones that are activated through this process. And that neuroplasticity, the changing of the brain structure, is mediated by a whole series of molecular, generate, molecular engines that are changing the physicality of our brains. So yes, those endorphins are whooshing through our system, but there's much, much more than that. And, and we all love reductionist thinking. It makes life simple, it makes things easy to get hold of. But if I told you there are, we know, for example, in the NEAT space, there are dozens of neurotransmitters. Actually, orexin is one of them. The endorphins are another system. There are metabolic, metabolic regulators that impact our cortisol. In other words, there is a flood of biological systems that are actually being influenced by your actions. No action, no influence. Right. Action, influence. So this makes sense why I love going camping. And one of my favorite activities when I'm camping is washing the dishes. Believe it or not, I hate it at home, put it in the dishwasher. When I go camping, I always opt to go and wash the dishes, and this is why. And this is why everyone always invites you to go camping. <laughs> now, if you really want to take your dishwashing addiction yeah. into a higher level, I can pile up some plates for you too. Okay. Well, I think I'll, uh, I'll leave those ones with you in the dishwasher for now. But uh, yes, thank you so much. Totally makes sense. Pleasure.